Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. And a Freiluch Shushan Purim to all. And first of all, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisisa. Parshas Kisisa has nine mitzvos, four positive and five restrictions, according to the Chinuch. I'd like to connect Parshas Kisisa and today being Shushan Purim. I'm going to share with you first a rather ooh, esoteric Dvar Torah, which I heard just moments ago, excitedly from a grandson of mine who's studying in Eretz Yisrael this year, who's in Yerushalayim, whose Purim is today. But I think you'll find this fascinating and just shows the depth of our Torah. And if you can, take out a Mishnayis Taharos, that's right, one that we usually don't look into that much, and find Mishnah Kalim, which is the first Mishnayos in Taharos, and turn to chapter 17, Mishnah 14. 17, 14 in Taharos. And you'll find something very fascinating. This Mishnayos talk about Tumah, impurity, and Tara purity. So the Mishnah tells us the following, That which was created on the first day of the week, what we call Sunday, there is Tumah of that which is derived therefrom. For example, the Torah says, on the first day, Hashem created heaven and earth, and that which is made from the earth, such as earthenware, literally can become Tameh, Klecheres. Basheni, that which is created on the second day, which is the heavens, Aimbo Tumah, there there is no impurity. On the third day, which is the vegetation, trees and herbs, etc., there you do have Tumah, says the Mishnah. On the fourth day, which the luminaries, which were created on, back to the sky, and says the Mishnah, on the fifth day, what was created on the fifth day? The birds who are up there and the fish who are below the surface, there is no Tumah on four and five, except for Knafa'oz Ubeitzas ha Noomis Hametsupa, except for that which is made from the wing of a black eagle and the glazed shell of an ostrich egg. Now these, interestingly, these latter two are yes, Tomei, on a rabbinic level. On a Torah level, no um, uh, impurity on four and five. On a rabbinic level, yes. And comes along, the Mishnah concludes, by Yom HaShishi on the sixth day, which is man and the animals, Tomei. Obviously on Shabbos, there is no Tuma. Now, very interestingly, as the Mishnah tells us regarding Tuma and Tara, so too, please note, points out the Yid HaKadosh, that Yom Kippur can only fall out on days Monday, no Tuma, Wednesday and Thursday, where none on a Torah level, and Yes, on a rabbinic level, and Shabbos, where, again, there's no Tumah. Purim falls out on a Sunday, where there is Tumah. Tuesday, where there is Tumah. Thursday, which can go like Yom Kippur, once, you know, etc. And finally, Friday. Okay, so now the question is, what's going on here? So there is the famous teaching of both the Grah, 
and the Ari, that Yom Kippurim, the day of Yom Kippur, is a day like Purim, meaning there is this equation between the two, and of the two days, on some level, Purim is even on a higher level than Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, we are all like the angels. There is no gashmios. There's no physicality. The five inuyim, we don't eat, drink, and we are raised to the level of the angels. On Purim, it's just the opposite. On Purim, we eat and we drink. This is a time of physicality. And so, in terms of working out the days of the week, remember once again, those days which you do have tumah, those are the days where potentially Purim can fall. The idea behind this is a very, very powerful one. Now, what about Thursday? Thursday was one of those days whereby it can go either way. So watch. On a Torah level, it's Aimbo Tuma, because that's Yom Kippur. On a rabbinic level, which is Purim, there is the potential for Tuma for impurity. And what do we do on Yom on Purim, we elevate and we show that the quote-unquote, the drinking, the festivities, the eating can all be directed for God. I find this to be very, very fascinating because at first glance and at second glance, again, chapter 17, Mishnah 14, telling us regarding, interestingly, in a rather esoteric, metaphysical way, one, day one, day two, etc., but on a deeper level, points out the Yira Kadosh, you're talking about Purim and Yom Kippurim, and I think that's uh, exceedingly fascinating, drawing on the um, teachings of the Gra and the teachings of the Ariya Kadosh. I'd like to take this one step beyond, namely, the comparison between Yom Kippur and Purim. Both of these are days of tefillah, days of prayer. Yom Kippur we know, tshuva, tefillah, tzedakah. We spend almost the entire 25 hours of Yom Kippur in prayer, literally, lifnei Hashem. And what is Purim? Purim points out the Rambam in his introduction to his enumeration of mitzvos, whereby as they appear within the Yad HaZakah, the Rambam writes that the rabbis instituted rabbinic mitzvos had to be based upon some biblical concept. So he says, just as Natilas Yodayim is rabbinic mitzvah and it's based upon the Kior in this week's Sedra, so too the Purim, reminds us of that which we find in the fifth book of the Torah, who is like the Jewish people, Ashelo Elokim, who has HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Krovim Elav, especially close to them, Kashem Elokeinu, as our relationship with God, Bechol Koreinu Elav, when Esther and the Jewish people prayed to Hashem, he responded in kind, similarly, that's what we are to take away from Purim, and remember Purim every year, the Purim is a day of tefillah, Yom Kippur and Purim share that they are both a day of Torah says the Mishnah at the very end of Tanis that there were no happier days than Yom Kippur and um, Tuba'av. What was special about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is a day of Slicha, a day when the Jewish people 
gets forgiveness from God, and the day we received Luchos Shneos. Luchos Shneos means literally the second set of tablets. The first ones were broken by Moshe on Shavasa Batamus, and Moshe comes down on Yom Kippur with the second set of Luchos. When the Jew gets Torah, he celebrates, he makes a siyum. We can't celebrate on Yom Kippur. So the Gras says very sharply that our eating and drinking on Purim is to offset our fasting on Yom Kippur. Because just as we receive Torah on Yom Kippur, so too we have Torah on Purim. And if anybody asks where, the Gemara in Shabbos 88a points out that at Kabbalah Satorah, they were so clear that God was offering them the Torah. It was as if he picked up the mountain and said, take the Torah or I'll drop it upon you. So it was such clarity, they had no choice but to accept. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, we were forced into accepting the Torah. So the Gemara says, ah, when did we accept the Torah with our will and not being forced at Purim time? In the ninth chapter of Megillah, that they read this morning in Yerushalayim. And what we read yesterday is Kimu Kiblu HaYehudim. Now, Kimu Kiblu is literally like Nasev and Ishma. It should be Nishma Venasev. First you listen, then you do. Nasev and Ishma is our loyalty to God is so great that we're going to do, and then we're going to listen, whatever He says. Now, the same is true with Kimu Kiblu. Ask yourself. First, it should be Kiblu, which means that we accept it, and then Kimu, we fulfilled. No. This is our Nasev and Ishmael Purim, Kimu Vikiblu. So once again, Yom Kippur is the acceptance of Torah, and Purim is the re-acceptance of Torah. Both of these two holidays have this very strong um, common denominator. Now finally, I'd like to show one more common denominator between Yom Kippur and Purim. Go back to that Mishnah at the end of Tanis. There were no greater holidays, no days of greater happiness and joy than Yom Kippur. Now, Yom Kippur is a day of Simcha, and the Simcha on Yom Kippur is that the Jew is Lifnei Hashem, before God. And similarly, Purim, as we know, what was the way we greet one another on Purim? Simchas Purim. What's this whole idea of Simcha? Of course, the main Simcha comes from, you'll say, that we were saved, which is very true, and we relive the past. God forbid it was to be la shmid, la rogul, and thank God the Jewish people were saved. But let's take it to another higher level, and that is as follows. The Rambam in chapter 2 of Hilchos Megillah, Halacha Yud Zion teaches the following, that of the two mitzvos, we have to remember this for next year, while we have to do all four mitzvos on Purim, but when it comes to matonos evyonim, giving gifts to the poor, and the your own su'uda, and mishloach monos, the Rambam writes, mutav adam. it's best for a person, laharabos, to increase and put the focus on matonos levyonim than even his su'uda and mishloach monos. Why? Listen to his words. She'en shom simcha, there's no greater joy, gedola, greater umifu ara, and literally praiseworthy, ela lesameach levanim, v'yesomim, 
but to literally make happy those who unfortunately are on a lower social uh, uh, status, namely the poor, the orphan, the widows, the gayrim, the converts, why? One who elevates and makes happy these individuals who are unfortunately saddened by their state of being. Listen to what the Rambam writes, next two words. When you act in this way, you literally are comparable to Shechina, you are following the Bidrachov, the one, the six hundred and eleventh mitzvah of the Torah, which is to uh, emulate Hashem by your giving to the poor, by your helping the poor, by your uplifting the poor. You are literally akin to God Himself, who does just that. Because the Rambam quotes from the. 57th chapter of Yeshaya Lachayos. What does God do? What does He pride Himself literally to sustain and to give life to Ruach Shfolim, to those who are unfortunately down and depressed? Ulachayos, and to once again give energy, to energize Leib Nidkaim, those who are unfortunately in a depressed state. So when we walk away with from Purim, which was yesterday and today, which you should treat yourself to something special today, even though it's Arab Shabbos and we watch ourselves. Yes, but have something special today because it is Shusham Purim. This is to remind us that the Simcha of Purim can and does continue with us. Our concern for those who are not having what we do, this gives us the opportunity to connect with them, to elevate them, and by our elevating them, we know we elevate ourselves. And who gets more? You know the answer to that question as well. I take this opportunity to wish everybody a freilicha shusham purim, and to realize that as this parsha is the third in the five that deals with the Mishkan. What was the Mishkan? The Mishkan was Hashras Hashchina. The Mishkan was God's dwelling in our midst. That gives joy to the Jew and Emir Hashem. Our doing acts of chesed is going to bring the third Beis Migdash that much closer because our chesed brings the Shechina and Amir Tzashem, once we bring it through our chesed, he's going to follow through and join us once again down here. Shabbat Shalom to all.